1: What's up Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN. Update your daily dose of Chiefs news and updates from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm former Chiefs insider BJ Kissel and it's Wednesday, which means we are going to be joined by YouTube legend Brett Coleman. And he is going to help us break down the upcoming matchup the Chiefs have with the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Now, through the first couple weeks of the season, the Colts have not got off to the start that I'm sure that they wanted uh, tying the Texans in week one. And then they got goosed last week by the Jacksonville Jaguars to start their season. And one of the big reasons why the Colts haven't got off to the start they expected has been the offense, obviously not scoring any points last week against The Jacksonville Jaguars veteran quarterback Matt Ryan, who was the big acquisition for the Colts this offseason, has just one TD pass and four interceptions, which is a little surprising uh, considering the career that he had down in Atlanta. And he was coming to really settle that position for the Indianapolis Colts who have struggled at the quarterback position uh, while having a fantastic defense. Now, they've been banged up. Uh, So far this season might be getting some of their guys back for the game on Sunday, but we'll break it all down with Brett in just one minute. But right now, a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now we bring on YouTube legend Brett Coleman. Because it's Wednesday and Brett... Always enjoy talking to you, my guy. I appreciate you joining us again here on KCSN Update. Thank you for having me.
2: I uh, I I'd rather enjoyed the the little Thursday night shenanigans that we had last week. Chiefs uh, Chargers game? games always entertaining.
1: Yeah, what was I know you and I talked a lot about you know Orlando Brown and his opportunity and what you know was going to transpire in that game and it was. I enjoy the like a lot of Chiefs fans just aren't happy cuz they didn't come out and dominate and as much as I want them to come out and dominate every week Brett uh maybe it's the petty <laughs> the petty side of me coming out but I like the fact the next day that felt like the Chargers really had an opportunity to steal one away and the Chiefs didn't play their best game and and you got to give Chargers credit for the reason that Chiefs didn't play their best game uh but I'm biased here and I don't have to pretend not to be biased so uh the fact that the Chiefs went out there and didn't play anywhere close to their best game and could still beat the Chargers got to be a really tough bill for the swallow uh, for the Chargers to swallow.
2: Yeah, it's so funny. Twitter was hilarious the next day because everybody in Chiefs Kingdom was talking about adjusted scores. Uh and that that became a thing for about 12 hours. And what I think was lost in the whole adjusted scores thing was the reality that the Chargers did play better. Like yes. they had a better game. The Chiefs yeah. just made three more important plays that, you know, obviously Pat avoiding a tackle in space and doing pat things and throwing that crazy touchdown. And obviously, you know, when Everett uh, was completely gassed and just (laughs) didn't read the flat correct. And, and, you know, he tried to snap, or was supposed to snap it off inside. Herbert threw it inside and then they took it back for a pick six. Sometimes that just happens in football where like you get outplayed for 97% of the game, but the other 3% is what matters. So I think Chiefs fans should just count their lucky stars that, they got out of that one with a win that they're absolutely going to need when it comes to tiebreakers yeah. for both the division and for playoff seeding and everything like that. And just know that they're a good enough team that they can survive playing 60% of what they're capable of. Yeah. they getting and a so, playoff team.
1: And it's okay to say, like, they're going to go through a 17-game season. They're going to have bad games. And I love the fact yeah. that they can have a bad game and they can still come out and win. But you bring up analytic numbers to Chiefs fans right now and they don't want to hear it. No. They don't want to be part of this. Uh, deal, they've had enough with pro football focus with Patrick Mahomes being the eighth best player. Like, we're they're already defensive as it is. And uh, if you come out and say something negative about our guys, we will give you engagement, Brett. Like, we will <laughs> give you whatever you want. Now, we've just invited more of this stuff, uh, to come at us the way that on socially, uh, the fans that are on you know Twitter react to things. Um, but yeah. The, I don't think anybody can go back and and watch that game and not feel as if not only did the Chiefs get away with winning that game, but Patrick Mahomes got away with some stuff. There were some plays and some balls that he threw. that he had no business making those plays and they didn't end up getting intercepted. The one that got called back from Asante Samuel that I didn't think was going to get overturned when I watched it um, just because of what was called on the field. So that was surprising to me. Uh, Kent swears to this day, there was an angle they didn't show on the broadcast a whole lot. Uh, that was really telling of it. Um, but even outside of that, there were a couple throws that he made just late across the middle when he was getting hit that probably should have been intercepted um, just from a sheer, like, why did you throw that ball right there? Like, that's not the kind of things that you need to do. But to your point, the Chargers didn't capitalize on those kinds of mistakes. And in the crunch time, the key, the margin of error, those three or four plays went the Chiefs way, even though, to your point, like, Chiefs playing 65%, seventy maybe 70% if you want to be really optimistic of what they might be able to do. Because defensively, I thought they did some really good things. Um, but that was a good one. Doesn't matter because Chiefs got the dub. That's all that matters, Chiefs fans, um, as the Chiefs are sitting atop the division at 2-0 with everybody else looking up at them, which is kind of what Chiefs fans expected. But I, I was hoping it would take a little bit longer. Um, but if we want to be insufferable the entire season, uh, beating <laughs> the AFC West division, we can do that. All right, Brett, as the Chiefs look for the game, look toward the game on Sunday uh, against the Indianapolis Colts, what are, you know, on the offensive side of the ball? Let's start there with the Chiefs going up against this Colts defense. Uh, what are a couple of the matchups? What are the couple of storylines that you're following and you're excited for uh, for the game on Sunday? So
2: something that, and again, two-game sample size, that's what we're going off here. Something that I've been tracking that I find really fascinating is – The Chiefs are doing the same stuff, but from different looks. You know, obviously with Tyreek being gone and the receiving core being different this year and them still refusing to give Sky more snaps for whatever reason. The Chiefs, for the first time in a while that I can remember, are dead average in the NFL in terms of utilization of 11 personnel. They're like 52, 53%. Again, 16th in the NFL. They're also about 16th in the NFL in usage of 12 personnel, which is higher than we're used to. Yeah. However, their run-pass ratio is still heavily skewed pass. Mm -hmm. But despite using, quote-unquote, heavier personnel, they're actually below average in terms of play action. So you're like, okay, how does this all fit together? Their RPO rate is way higher. They're like 5% higher than average. Average is 9%. They're like 14.5%. So mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of the stuff that, that we've seen them do in the past, which is quick game, RPOs, everything like that. They're just doing it from different personnel groups. And how that's kind of impacted the run game has been fascinating to me because uh, their most common run, I actually have the numbers pulled up right now, is inside zone, but they're averaging less than three yards per carry on that. Inside zone, obviously mm-hmm. the most common run that you're going to see off of RPO looks. So a lot of yeah. those are just when they give the ball away on RPOs but they're not very good at running the ball in inside zone where they're making a lot of hay is on outside zone and on counter, you know, runs that typically more hit outside uh, of the tackles. They're at nine yards per carry on outside zone at 6.1 on counter, which is like roughly, roughly half the runs they've had. So a lot of the big gainers are when they're trying to hit outside the tackles. And then anytime they're running inside the tackles and RPO looks, they're getting nothing. So I'm very curious to see, how that evolves throughout the season mm-hmm. you know because obviously they're they're still going to be rpoing people to death because of they kind of have to right now in the pass game but i'm curious to see how their run scheme in within these rpo looks evolves because right now when they're not throwing it they're not really getting a whole lot out of it
1: when you match that and that's interesting and it felt like we had talked a lot about how were they going to try to combat you know, Bosa and Mack in that game last week against the Chargers. And you, you had mentioned, you know, trying to figure out how they were going to do their run fit. So they were going to run a lot up the middle, not going to gain a lot of yards might be kind of boring early in that game. And I remember looking at Kent and I'm like, Brett talked about, this. we were on a second screen watch party, I was like, Brett talked about this. I was like, we're seeing how this happens. But after that, it felt like they ran at Bosa, at least for a stretch there in the game, it felt like we're just going to run right at Bosa, which is another thing that you can do against those top pass rushers. Uh, just try to, physically just beat him up a little bit and just run right at him, make him less effective getting after the passer. If you just try to beat them up and, and get after a little bit, but as you make those points about outside zone, and I, I love those stats, how does that fit to what the strength and or and with Leonard um, and his health and being out situation. But when you look at the Colts defense and what the chiefs have done so far schematically in the run game specifically, because you have those numbers in front of you, how does the outside zone, the counter, how do those types of things fit within what the Chiefs are going to face on Sunday against the Colts.
2: Creed versus DeForest Buckner hmm. is is might actually decide this game. <laughs> because Creed is obviously phenomenal, especially when it comes to if you're pulling them on counter, which one of the few centers i would actually say like yeah you can actually pull him and be effective that's a rare thing there's maybe like five or six guys in the league that i think could realistically do that a lot he's one of them but when they're on these outside zone like you see the the creed humphrey humphrey highlights every week and it's like he's sealing somebody on outside zone and creating that nice little cutback lane. yeah doing that against not just deforest buckner but grover stewart and really the entire indie interior rotation they got some dudes so that, like him and Trey together versus that interior rotation from Indy is the game to me. Obviously, Pat is Pat. Some of the coaching matchups between, you know, Andy and all that, like that, that matters. But the bread and butter right now for the Chiefs is getting the run game rolling, working on the RPOs. You know, they'll take some shots off play action every now and then. But bread and butter is going to be Creed and Trey against that interior defensive line. Whoever wins that matchup, in my opinion, wins
1: the game. Yeah, if you don't want to follow the ball when the Chiefs are on offense uh, and you want to find another matchup or a highlight, uh, if something big happens, watch what happens uh, with center and uh, DeForest Buckner, to your point. That'll be a good one to watch. And uh, quick side note, I I always know the Colts, uh, as long as Chris Ballard is going to be their general manager, are going to have a focus on having some dudes up front. I will never forget after he left to go to the Colts when the Chiefs played the Colts in that um, – a high pressure high leverage game it was one that justin houston made the made a handful of play he was fired up for that game uh but it was several years ago and houston made a sack at the end of the game i think it was on alex smith um late in the game but i remember seeing ballard um underneath the tunnels after the game when we were running around getting the post game and all that running around and it saw him he was like hey bj gave him a high five and he was running down <laughs> he was so excited he's getting ready to go to the locker room so it was right after the game Uh, And he was just saying, O-line, D-line. And he just kept saying it over and over and over again. Uh, And so, like, I know what he focuses on just over the years, but does he have that fired up about it after that game? Uh, I'll always have that in my mind. Of anytime you're going up against a team that is led by Chris Ballard in the personnel department, they are going to put an emphasis on having some dudes up front. And everybody knows uh, DeForest Buckner. At this point, he's big money guy, one of the top interior defensive tackles in the league. Talk with Nate Taylor from the Athletic yesterday. He was going to ask Chris Jones how he feels about some people thinking DeForest Buckner is the top defensive tackle in the AFC. <laughs> just try to fire him up a little bit, uh, just, okay, just to get his, just to get his bro, juices, bro. yeah, just, just poke him <laughs> a little bit. Um uh, me- people by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I said if he if he gets too upset, then just bring up Robert Nkandici because I know from talking with Chris, because he grew up in Mississippi and they were the same age, and Nkandici was the top prospect, top mm-hmm. everything. Chris didn't get any love. So he was always the dude that he had his eye on. Cause he's like, That's the guy that played the same position, grew up near me. Everybody's always praising this dude. Uh, and so like if you need to butter him up a little bit, bring up incandichi. Uh, so he'll like that. Uh, where he's at. But, um, but yeah, I, with Chris Ballard, you, you know, they're going to be some dudes up front. I'll flip to the other side of the ball uh, with Matt Ryan. I think it's a big surprise to me. I'm not going to pretend to to say that I've watched a lot of the Colts or I've broke down their film, uh, but just on paper as an outsider's perspective, uh, maybe lazy analysis, but really did expect Matt Ryan's addition and that acquisition this off season to help settle the quarterback position that had been pretty poor for the Colts over the last several years, while they had a pretty damn good defense that it felt like they were wasting because they couldn't even get average play uh, from that quarterback position. So I assumed that they would just be significantly better because you got a veteran stable player that can play that position. It seems like it's going to take them a little bit uh, to get on the same page. But what have you noticed from the Colts offense? And And I mean, why didn't they score last week against the Jaguars?
2: Uh, part of it's on Ryan. Uh, he has this weird tendency where, like, historically speaking, he's one of the worst statistical quarterbacks in the red zone ever. I've never really understood oh, wow. why. Um, but, like, you know, even you look at back when they did their playoff runs, the Super Bowl runs, like, when they were in the red zone, they were a very run-heavy team. You know, Devonta mm-hmm. Freeman made a lot, a lot of hay down there. Uh, Ryan, for whatever reason, it's just never – Never went right for him in the red zone, hence Julio's low touchdown totals throughout his career that seem impossible, but they're real. Um, And we saw a little bit of that again last week as well. Like he threw three picks, but he could have very easily thrown four. You know, he got flushed out of the pocket and tried to make a very ill-advised throw that he left flat and inside. Devin Lloyd tipped it and just couldn't finish the play, but very nearly threw four picks. And I think the big thing that I've seen so far is Colts' pass protection has not been – as stable as maybe we all kind of thought it was looking at who's on their offensive line. Um, And when Matt Ryan's under pressure, because he is not mobile at all, right. It's, it's been a little bit ugly. He's not been good under pressure this year, remotely good under pressure. Mm -hmm. And So that, that led to a couple of the picks. Um, You know, obviously he's not going to be getting out and turning a third and seven into a first down. If, if people are not worried about, you know, doing contain rushes on him, they're like, fine, let the 38-year-old go run. Like, we don't care. So, you know, defensive line is just flying upfield, and they're taking all their two-way goes because they're not worried about him punishing them with mobility. Yeah. So I, I think the Chiefs D-line is going to – if the Colts offensive line is playing like it has the last couple weeks, Chiefs D-line is going to eat. Chris Jones is going to yeah. get his. Carlos is going to get his. All of them. All of them because it's it's been rough.
1: I projected – george karloftis to break the rookie sack record and while he has nine pressures and like his numbers are good in that regard he has not heavy sack yet so we need to get him some sacks in this game and and you bring up a point i know we talked about that with with nate yesterday that matt ryan doesn't move real well and so you've got a stationary target back there a little different than what the chiefs had already faced with kyler murray um obviously doing his thing and then even justin herbert late in the game i would say justin herbert's very athletic quarterback not like kyler but uh completely different than matt ryan so this will be a uh, I don't see an easier matchup because you never want to say that against the NFL team. Uh, somebody once told me, Brett, that never underestimate an embarrassed professional athlete. Yeah. Uh, and you, <laughs> you go out there and you lose 24-0. You don't really see professional athletes go out and not play well for another week, especially uh, for their home opener on a season where I don't know exactly how high the expectations were for the Colts amongst Colts fans, uh, but I don't think 0-2 getting blanked by the Jaguars and staring down the barrel of 0-3 is what they had in mind. Uh, wait this Jonathan
2: Taylor already hates you guys for passing on him, and now he's even <laughs> extra pissed off, so have fun with that one.
1: I I like Clyde, I will say sure. that, but <laughs> I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be the guy. I liked to. I was trying to connect dots, and I think it was something like Jonathan Taylor's dad played for uh, the same coach that Andy Reid did at San Francisco. He played for Vic Rowan, I think, at San Francisco huh. State. There was a connection to Vic Rowan at San Francisco State through Jonathan Taylor, Taylor and his family to coach Reed. And I know that stuff matters to coach. And so I was just like, well, I think we're going to take a running back and it's Clyde and Jonathan Taylor. And the only hesitancy I had, or that I thought that somebody else might have with Jonathan Taylor, was just how many carries he had in college. Like he had a lot yeah. of usage um, throughout his college career, but it doesn't seem to be slowing him down at all.
2: Also when he was at Wisconsin, like he, it wasn't just a, Oh, the receiving thing is a concern because they didn't use him as like the receiving right. thing was a concern because when they threw him the ball, he didn't catch it. And then all of a sudden yeah. he gets the NFL and magically when you have an extra six hours a day, cause you're not going to class to get on the jugs machine, you learn how to catch
1: <laughs> who knew, yeah.
2: but yeah, he's, he's awesome.
1: Yeah. And naturally we've been talking about Clyde Edwards, Alaire catching the ball to the backfield for two years and they didn't really utilize it as much as we thought they would. Uh, When they signed him, that was the biggest like talking point is I can't wait to see them getting him in space. Because my thing was Andy Reid is so good at dialing schematically, getting guys in good positions to make plays. You get Clyde in space with a linebacker out his lateral agility. That first guy's not going to tackle him. Mm -hmm. And so that had been my, you know, kind of key takeaway for two years. And then finally, the third year, he stops avoiding people. He just runs over Derwin James. That's (laughs) one of my favorite plays, Brett. That little Texas right out of the backfield. That was the biggest play of the game against the Colts. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, you know,
2: you had to get Derwin back for spine busting Kelsey. So,
1: yeah, that's another play that a lot of cheese fans get upset about. And why I because it's if it was anybody but Kelsey, they probably feel different. I think they said forward progress has stopped and that he should have gotten a penalty for body slamming him. And if as Justin much as I Reed want to protect Kelsey, that, like, if Justin Reed did that. Right, and like, about it. <laughs> yeah, I can in the moment be like, I don't like that. Get up. I hope he's healthy. But it wasn't. Dirty. Same thing with those yeah. the blocks on like TJ Watt and some of those guys, like the Kayvon Thibodeau and like those blocks. Like those aren't illegal. Like I didn't think the body slam uh was illegal for a division game. Like it's the biggest game of the year, and you're gonna take away the aggression at that point for a player that Derwin James gives in a little bit and he's at the one and a half yard line. He gets in and scores. Like that was a huge play in that game. Um, and so you don't want to take away their aggression but all right Brett uh, final takeaway just regarding the Chiefs offense Patrick Mahomes and kind of the the expectation of what he might be able to do against this Colts defense that um, again Buckner looks like he's probably going to play in this one has been banged up uh, missed some time but what do you expect uh, from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense against the Colts on Sunday
2: efficiency that that's I think they're going to go out there and try the exact same stuff that they've been doing because it's mostly worked you know obviously there were uh, a couple dropped picks because asante samuel spoiler alert really damn good uh i don't think the colts have asante samuel on their roster so i think pat's maybe going to get a little (laughs) a little bit more aggressive with some of those throws because he knows he can um but i i still i expect efficiency it's still patrick mahomes they're still going to run out there and 12 personnel and RPO you to death. I think they're still going to work the outside run game, at least try to work the outside run game. Um, and I, I, I expect the defense to probably eat Matt Ryan. Mm. I have a little bit of hesitancy because it also depends on if Pittman and Alec Pierce play because they are a handful for mm. any corners out there. Like that is, that is something that if I was a chief fan would worry me because the Colts have very good receivers, but if we're back to Paris Campbell being wide receiver one this week, ten point win sounds about right to me. Like yeah. it, it was bad. It was bad last week.
1: Yeah, the line at DraftKings right now. I think it started at three and a half actually, and people jumped on it so much that it went to seven in like less than, <laughs> less than a day. Yeah. Uh, so the line I think right now was at seven uh, in that one. And and no offense to Michael Pittman, I liked Alex Pierce uh, in the draft coming out as a rookie and watching some of the highlights of what he's been able to do physically um and it, from his athletic standpoint has been crazy to watch but uh they're not mike williams either <laughs> so <laughs> mike williams is, i might be one of the biggest mike williams fans in the league Is every time they throw that ball uh or every time they throw that guy the ball uh, he seems to come down with it at least against the chiefs he does probably why he got 20 million dollars a year uh to be able to go out there and make plays like he has against the chiefs but all right brett man we appreciate you for joining us i heard we talked about before uh, we started recording that you got some a Chiefs video uh, coming up that you've been working on. Where can fans find that, and what can they expect from uh, some of your content coming up here soon?
2: Yeah, Chiefs fans might want to avert their eyes because it's it's breaking down uh, Justin Herbert's ridiculous, crazy mm-hmm. seam ball that he threw with a shredded rib cage. Um, which, by the way, if I was a Chiefs fan, like you just got to golf clap that one. Like he's oh, just yeah. gonna get those. Like you guys get plenty of those with Mahomes when it happens to you. You just got to tip your cap but there's no way you
1: can't not respect the hell out of that throw of course that's a legendary type throw that i think anybody could i not to completely go down a separate route i i strongly disagree with them having justin herbert in that game that's from an unbiased standpoint The guy couldn't protect himself um oh yeah i it that's a whole different story but now there's no more is this guy tough narrative never gonna be brought up again uh which i'm sure is valuable for them but that was tough to watch and um, whenever
2: he gets a receiver that runs four, three, because um, right now um, his, his top three receivers are like the fastest ones, like four five four. you give him somebody that can run. Yeesh. That's going to be tough.
1: Let's let's not talk about that kind of, threat, <laughs> but uh, either way, Chiefs fans can watch knowing they're talking about a legendary throw uh, that came in a loss. And so that's the comfort that Chiefs fans can take, but you can find that on, I'm guessing your YouTube channel. You can search, brett coleman because you're such a big deal that your youtube channel is your name
2: i'm i'm not very creative i didn't know what to name (laughs) it so i was like "Ah, it's just me
1: (laughs) no it's good stuff man and we appreciate you for joining us in chief's kingdom we appreciate you for tuning into this episode or listening to this podcast uh, here on KCS, an Update presented by our friends at DraftKings. We know there's a lot of great places for you to get Chiefs content. We appreciate being one of those places you stop by. A lot of great stuff this week. Make sure to catch the breakdown with Matt Castle and Matt Hamilton as they break down a handful of plays from the Chiefs offense against the Chargers last week. And same goes on the defensive side of the ball as Derek Johnson, uh, Mike DeVito, and Craig Stout break down the Chiefs defense Against the Los Angeles Chargers. A lot of great stuff there. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel to make sure you don't miss anything. And uh, we'll have plenty of good stuff as we get ready for that game against the Colts on Sunday. Until next time, go out there and be good to each other.